and welcome to The Foundation, a Parks People podcast, presented by the National Association of Park Foundations. And now, your host and executive director of the National Association of Park Foundations, Kevin Korenthal. Well, hello, and welcome back to The Foundation, a Parks People podcast. I'm Kevin Korenthal, the executive director of the National Association of Park Foundations, and this is season two, episode one of the podcast. I'm so excited about my first guest of the year. Her name is Lori Burkus Nelson. She's the executive director of the Rockford Park District Foundation. So happy to have you here today. Thank you, Kevin. And um, not only is this the first episode of the second season, it's my first podcast ever. Oh, wow. Yeah, I've never done a podcast. So that's kind of cool. Well, I hope it is. I hope it ends up being a good experience for you. Well, yeah, if I screw it up, I've, I'll never be invited to do one again. <laughs> we we recently got a chance to actually meet in person, but I'm going to get into that in a minute. Okay. But the first question I had for you is I just want to kind of hear more about your time now with the NAPF. You've been uh, as a board member for a couple of years and just want to kind of learn where you're at in the process, you know, uh, what you're learning and what you really like about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Well, this is a very important board to me. Um I've only been, well, I've now been at this park district for almost 10 years. So that sounds like a long time, but it it really isn't when you didn't have much experience in parks and rec. And and I didn't. I had a lot of experience in nonprofits, but not parks and rec. So NAPF gave me not just a foundation of understanding how to fundraise for parks and rec, gave me a bunch of people that I could connect with that that was just so important. And when, you know, when you're in conversation with somebody who's done what you've done um, before and um, crossed bridges that you're just about to cross, that's super valuable. So to be able to give back to the organization by sitting on the board has, um, it's been, it's been really educational for me as well. Um, Because when I came on board, Donald was the executive director. And then we, we hired, we went through the hiring process and hired you. And so it was, it was like starting over and all these new great things were happening and, and a lot of expectations of the board, which is great because we're a membership organization. So we should all be part of that, but um, I'm, I'm digging it. There's days when I feel like, oh my gosh, I'm not providing enough value, but I'm working on that too. You know, you mentioned um, the 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 prospect of that. It felt like when you brought the new executive me on board, like everything started over. And I was talking with the chairman Joe Wins earlier today. He said the exact same thing. We were kind of going back down memory lane over the last two years and odd months of, of what's happened with the organization. Mm-hmm. It really feels like we've we have reinvented mm-hmm. the NAPF to go in a different direction, yeah. uh, serving obviously some of the same constituencies, but in different ways. My experience getting into Parks and Rec is very different than yours. Um, It was a combination of of a career in associations, so nonprofit organizations, but also part of what I loved to do was be on the trails on my bike. And I found that uh, getting involved with trail advocacy groups meant more trails. So I got involved with those organizations. I volunteered with those organizations. I went out there and cut trails at 8 a.m. on Saturday morning with those organizations. That's awesome. And then I was invited to join 
the uh, Parks, Recreation, and Community Services Commission for my previous hometown of Santa Clarita, California. Did that for four years. Uh, the you know jobs took me here to Texas, and uh, found myself uh, open to an opportunity to get involved with the NAPF, and it has been a whirlwind. I have learned so much more professionally and inside of Parks and Recreation. It's just been it's been fantastic. So I wanted to ask you, since we got a chance to spend some time together, uh, you're one of a handful of board members that I've actually met in person. So we both acknowledged when we met each other that it was immediate like we had known each other for years, which of yes. course we have, right? Yeah. But it, 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 there was no loss in the no. fact that we hadn't been physically around each other mm -hmm. for all of this period of time. So this was your first chance to, as a board member of the NAPF, participate in uh, a trade show and an expo. Um, right. So I was kind of curious, like what some of your thoughts were um, watching me yeah. talk to the members, learning about, you know, what to, you know, what the members are asking and how to answer those mm -hmm. questions. What are your thoughts on that? You know, uh, first of all, you're right. I, I, I remember when I first saw you and I came up and I just hugged you instantly, like, Oh, my old pal, Kevin, you know, and, and I even said, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I, I'm sorry. I, you know, this is the first time I'm really meeting you in person and here I am hugging you, but, but it, it has obviously all of our meetings are, are on, um, are online. And, uh, so, uh, don't, there's only maybe a couple of people on the board that I have actually met before in person. So, um, but I think that speaks volumes for, the work that we do together, that we make a connection. It's not just sitting in a meeting and, you know, turning your camera off or whatever. And it, I think we make those kinds of connections and that's, that's been really important to me, but um, I thought that conference was amazing. So I've been to the conference before, but I haven't ever stood at the NAPF uh, booth. Um, I, I thought what was really great about it was um, obviously when people that were attending the conference, the parks and rec professionals, because um, this was the Illinois Association of Park Districts, um, came through. And it's always funny when you're at a booth, like people don't want to talk to you. They're going to look straight ahead. It's like, it's like somebody trains you. Don't make eye contact. If you make eye contact, they're going to talk. Welcome to, you. to my world. Yeah, 25 right. years of going to trade shows. <laughs> uh huh. Absolutely. So that, you know, that's, it, it was intriguing. It's not that I've never been to a student represented at a booth, but um, it had been a while. So it kind of, it was kind of intriguing to me and I'm a connector. I like to, so I'm all, I said hi to people, whether they wanted to talk to us or not. And, uh, <laughs> But I, I really enjoyed it when people stopped and just said, what, what is NAPF? I was, um, I don't want to say surprised, but it was, it was interesting to me how many people, uh, professionals in the field, either didn't know if they had a foundation connected to their park district um, or weren't sure much, didn't know much about it. Right. So, you know, these are all the park district people and and maybe the relationships are very different. Ours were very integrated with our park district. So 
for anybody in our park district to not know we have a foundation or not know what it is that we do, I, I would be really surprised at that. So I was just kind of, I was a little surprised. And with our commissioners, our commissioners know we have um, two commissioners that sit as liaisons on our board. And so, and so that kind of surprised me too. And talking to commissioners, some of them were kind of like, I don't know. And maybe it's because they were newer. I know a lot of them that we talked to were newer, but I enjoyed hearing you talk about NAPF to people, what the benefits were. I picked up some things. I really enjoyed being challenged to talk to people about my experience and why it was, why NAPF is important. And, and I think maybe my favorite conversation was somebody who was a commissioner stopped by and said that uh, their foundation was very small and they wanted to do something, but they didn't know what to do. And I felt like that was one of the most engaging conversations that I observed. And, and you saying, you know, here's what we can do for you. Here's what we can do. You know, just call us. Let's just. And so it was, it was just a good feeling of, of connectivity and service for yeah, the you, you, participants. You, you, when, when you participate with NAPF is, you know, you get you got a taste of it. And as broadly as I am on a regular basis, working with our members and talking to prospects is that mm -hmm. park foundations come in every shape and size. They can be yeah. as small as a, 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 you know, a park bench in a pocket park mm -hmm. to, you know, uh, Ogle Bay, you know, which is an internationally recognized nonprofit mm -hmm. resort on nonprofit property. Um, and and everything in between, obviously. Yeah. And so trying to suss out the uh, precise nature of where a park foundation is while someone's standing in basically in the aisle at your ta at your table right. there, um, to figure out kind of what you can offer them in some hope that one grain of what you said will get through and they'll respond to your phone call or call you mm -hmm. to talk more about that offline. And that's a yeah. really a big challenge. Well, I thought too that you um, you did a great job of using that time to go and meet with potential sponsors because there I how I don't even know how many booths were there, but there there had to be. I mean, we were in the eight hundred um, mm -hmm. level, which you know was the aisle. There were it was nine, so nine aisles, I think of of presenters. I thought that was really important. And I was really in, intrigued uh, uh, by all the different vendors that were there, all the things that go into Parks and Rec. And it reminded me, not that I don't know this already, but it reminded me of the economic driver that Parks and Rec really is because of all of the, the vendors that provide, it, it wasn't just places that provide turf and playgrounds. I mean, it was bronze memorial um, that helped provide memorials in, in yes. parks. It was, um, oh, it was emergency equipment and AEDs and it was software. And, and so when you think about that and how much is actually, um, how much money exchanges hands because of parks and rec, it's not just, all fun and games. It well, is fun and games, but it's it's business. Well, and you know, uh, that's actually a you know one of the thing that one of the cases I have to make when I'm talking with these business owners of these companies or the executives or the staff that they send to these shows 
is to correlate my membership, which is a combination of uh, park foundation staff and volunteers, plus the staff of the agency or the district, mm -hmm. um, as well as any uh, volunteers at the district side, like the commissioners, and draw from them the picture of how getting in front of my members is another opportunity for their company to get exposure with right. people who use the products and services mm -hmm. that that these organizations have. And getting the probably one of the major reasons why we do these shows, obviously we we want to talk with folks about starting and growing their park foundation. But the other end of the of the spectrum is, is we want to create strategic partnerships that not only bring financial resources to our organization so we can do what we do, mm -hmm. but also we partner only with organizations that are willing to share content, whether it is, you know, reports or uh, educational research that mm -hmm. they've done into their particular fields so that mm -hmm. we can better inform our members about the decisions they make when they buy products and services of this type. Absolutely. Yeah. How did um, this conference uh, rate for you um, or trade show as to others that you've been to since you've been with NAPF? Yeah, now that I've been to a couple NRPA, I've been we've done twice since I came on board the National Recreation and Park Association, um, and then we did Indiana, uh, and then I did Nevada. The Indiana and Nevada were much smaller um, mm -hmm. than Illinois, and obviously the NRPA is larger, so sure. probably we get more bang for our buck, yeah. but it is much more expensive to participate yeah. with at the NRPA. I felt like the price. Um, at which we can travel to and, you know, have a booth at Illinois. It was reasonable enough. Mm -hmm. And I think, I'm hoping that we made some connections yeah, with potential me new members and sponsors that it will pay for itself. Mm -hmm. So I would have to say that, you know, uh, when you talk about dollars spent, this is probably a very lucrative Good. show for us to be in. And I do would like to, you know, attend the show again next year and uh, perhaps bring in some other shows uh, in right. this year or in next year. Well, I'd be curious to see what the ROI is. And so uh, maybe we can track it somehow in the next couple of months, see if we get any new sponsors from it and new members. That'd be great. So I wanted to turn to, you know, your work over at Rockford Park District and maybe, uh, learn, you know, maybe I know that you didn't originally come from the park and rec field, learn a little bit more about, you know, that transition from mm -hmm. the nonprofit world into specifically the park and rec world. And what, you know, what's, what's a day in the life of Lori Burkus Nelson, <laughs> executive director there at the park. That's on what Foundation. day you asked me. <laughs> <laughs> you know what we call it the, the, the park district time machine, like there's a, we go, things go so fast in this park district. Um, we have 182 parks and facilities and uh, close to 200 full-time employees. And then I think double that for part-time and seasonal. And, and, and it's, we have everything from golf courses to ice rinks, to um, mega sports centers, to, uh, trails and um, golf courses, of course, if I didn't say that, swimming pools. More golf courses. More golf, golf courses, <laughs> more golf courses. And uh, actually, and we have an actual urban uh, working farm. That's an urban farm um, where kids can learn all about farming 
animals, where their food comes from, agricultural um, learning, learn to, to ride horses. And right now, um, our, we are in the midst of a huge capital campaign, raising $10 million for an indoor equine center, not for riding as much as for um, equine assisted learning and psychotherapy. So we're really combining recreation and, and uh, counsel, well, mental health services to help uh, children who are dealing with trauma and the effects of the pandemic and yeah. all kinds of things that are really troubling kids today. And we've always looked at ourselves. When I say we, we I say, I mean the park district because without the park district, we don't have a foundation. That's our sole purpose. So we at the park district have always believed that what we do is a benefit to the mental health of kids right. um, because, you know, they're learning things while they're, while they're here, they're, they're learning coping skills and, and leadership skills and they're involved in things and they're not getting in trouble and they're in all of those things. But when kids are experiencing so many challenges in their worlds right now, it's tough. We we've seen it. We've seen it in our programming where they're detached. They're they're You know, they, they, uh, don't have those social skills that uh, because they didn't see people for a while. And so, so those are, you some know, of the you already know my opinion that. on, you already know my opinion on how that whole lockdown thing. Yeah. Out, yeah. And the, and the disaster, I think it was for not just uh, educational learning, but as you mentioned, the socialization skills mm -hmm. and the overall mental and physical health of youth when you stop mm -hmm. doing what is natural to a child, which mm -hmm. is to go out there and release energy that's pent up. Right. Um, you create other potential behavioral issues. And yeah. I'm, I'm so gratified to hear all of the children's programming and the youth programming that you're talking about, because as I work with some of NAPF's members on their strategic plans, I get to talk intimately with people from both inside and outside of the organization. And the major theme that almost always comes up in every strategic plan is we need to do more family-oriented programming, more programming that yeah. targets at youth risk, at-risk children, yeah. and more programming in uh, underserved, socioeconomically challenged neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. where, what is your philosophy specifically with, with regards to the challenges of getting into these more enclave parts of your community mm -hmm. to reach out to the constituents in those areas that maybe not be as hooked in as maybe some of the other larger areas of the district area? You know, uh, I, I think it's crucial because uh, no matter what you're doing, but in Parks and Rec, just because <clears throat> I may, so I, I got involved in the park district when I first moved to, to Rockford, I played softball. So my, my introduction to the community was to get on a park district team. And that was my thing. I wouldn't have come up here and tried to get on a golf league. I wouldn't have met people that way, but there's something for everybody, but not everybody feels comfortable walking into settings like or knowing what's available to them. And so whether it's a language barrier or a transportation barrier, or they're just not comfortable um, reaching out and 
doing something unless somebody helps them. I, I think it's critical that as park districts, we don't just sit back and if we build it, they will come. I think right. we really have to work with our communities and the various sectors of the communities. And when I say that, I mean, we need to be out there in the community. So whatever it is that's going on in, in different pockets of, of our community, we have people involved. And yeah. and if we don't, then we say we're we're missing the boat on that, this group. And yeah. um, one of our taglines is that this the Rockford Park District is where um, everyone is invited and everyone belongs. And, you know, we want to make sure that people feel like there's something for them here. And if there isn't, then tell us so we can try to fulfill that need. Yeah, it's so crucial. I mean, the the level to which it's possible for now, especially post-COVID, for children and families to disappear from, mm -hmm. you know, the consciousness or the public participation that perhaps past generations. Uh, mm -hmm. And that is, you know, we're a melting pot country. And we're bringing in a lot of people of different cultures who may not quite understand that they're welcome, right? Mm -hmm. That yeah, they're welcome to, to become part of our programming, you know, part of the conversation that we value their opinions and trying to convince them to share, you know, what it is, the values that they hold and the needs that they have. And, right. you know, uh, it's, it, I think it's just so important to what we're doing. Yeah. I, you know, I have, you know, long been a huge proponent obviously of accessibility yeah and there's a huge now i think finally a movement towards going beyond the ada mm -hmm. the disabilities act and trying to integrate into our park systems the next level yeah. you know what i call the first mile of accessibility mm -hmm. where everybody can get a taste of pretty much everything maybe you can't go all the way down the trail maybe it's not a whole mile but you know uh with different, you know, types of fields, different types of play equipment and different right. types of trail surfaces, mm -hmm. uh, giving you the opportunity uh, for more people with disabilities to participate. We're mm -hmm. going to have to close it a little bit here, but I did want to get from you some of the thoughts that you have in your park district spaces towards accessibility. Absolutely. So we have, um, we, we, we review everything from an ADA perspective. Um, we have a therapeutic recreation department, so we const so we um, service uh, all kinds of physically, mentally um, uh, disabled people um, or abled. <laughs> and, differently uh, abled is what I call myself. Abled, I think, so. yeah, <laughs> and and so we're highly sensitive to it and. Um, we have focused a lot on our playgrounds and making them accessible so that there's not the the wood chips on the ground because, you know, you, a, a kid who has mobility um, challenges, it, it can't get to that playground. Yeah. And and so we've, we've been doing that a lot with our playgrounds, our trails, um, everything we do, obviously, um, it's important because if you want to feel like you belong, you truly need to feel like you belong and not pull up to something and realize, well, I can't make it in that or door. Or you're an afterthought. And, right. Yeah. And, and yeah. I've had, and by the way, I've, I've had discussions with those people who supply the wood chips. 
And they, yeah. they disagree, but I think, you know, I'm putting sure. a sport court, <laughs> the, the colors, and you, and, and then you can colors, you can add mm -hmm. colors to the mm -hmm. sport court and give better, you know, mm -hmm. uh, for especially for those who are, have sight impairment. Yes. Um, it really does open up a, not, a lot of other different opportunities to, you know, a, allow people, for instance, in wheelchairs and mm -hmm. those with sight issues to be able to, you know, enjoy yeah. those services even more. Absolutely. Well, you know, I got to say, you know, and I want to give you a minute to have some closing thoughts as well as, you know, it's been an awesome pleasure so far having you on the board of the NAPF. I know, and you tell me all the time, I'm not doing enough, Kevin, I'm not doing enough, but you, you show up, right? You show up, you have ideas, you get involved. And I think that's, that's number one. That is the way it goes. And I don't have, I don't, I don't, I don't publish a list of who my favorites are, but you're on it. And I'm just very oh the unpublished list. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's 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 under lock and key because okay. you know, I might need to use that, you know, when you know, when it comes to renew my next contract with the NAPF. But you know, that's, that's before funny. we go, I just wanted to collect kind of your you know your closing thoughts. Well, thank you, Kevin. Thanks for the opportunity to be on my first podcast. Yeah. And <laughs> um, now my closing thoughts are that you know this is an amazing. This is an amazing field of Parks and Rec and foundations, I think, are just so important because um, we've relied so heavily on public funding to support our Parks and Rec. And yet there's a lot of people out there who are passionate and want to give of their own resources to help us to grow what we're doing. And so anybody out there who's considering starting a foundation, I would say do it, do it, call, the, call us at NAPF and just you know, reach out. It's, it's may sounds like a scary thing to do, but it's, it's not, it's an amazing, amazing field to be in. And my last parting comment is that my husband wanted me to say thank you to you because I came home with that bag of candy. <laughs> from the, the infamous <laughs> candy at the trade show booth. And yep, someone's got to yeah. take it home. <laughs> uh-huh. And so, yes, the Skittles and the Starburst they were very appreciated. He said, thank you, Kevin. <laughs> well, and, and thank you for recognizing uh, the need for park foundations and yeah. the role that NAPF can play in it. If you out there um, have had a previous look at the NAPF and you haven't looked at us recently, I would encourage you to do so. Um, we are uh, we are launching brand new educational and research programming. Uh, that is going to supply our members and those uh, in our prospects with, a, you know, a lot more information on how to do what they do. This In this spring, we're launching the uh, fund development training program. It's a 10-week online course uh, that includes a certificate of completion. And by the end of that program, you will possess an annual plan and the marketing plan for it. So that's just the first example of what we're going to be rolling out there. But we're, we're out of time. And I want to thank my guest again, Lori Burgess Nelson, for participating on the first episode of the second season <laughs> of the Foundation of Parks People podcast. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for tuning into The Foundation, a Parks People podcast. If you like what you heard, subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash at the NAPF to not miss an episode. To help this podcast grow, please like, comment, and share with your friends. Have a great day. Bye.